Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. Today we're going to continue the report of Unidentified Flying Objects, a book by Edward J. Root Pelt. Joining me again is Dr. Bill. Bill, how's it going? Hey. Hey, what's um, what's going on? How was your week? Oh, you know, I had the week off. Went to Vegas with the kid's 21st birthday. You know, transition, you know, we're doing that. I worked in the backyard, put the roof on my pergola, did a corrugated roof. Hopefully it won't blow off in strong winds. Like, you know, you can, there's a way you can put it. It's like a, have you ever put corrugated roof on? There's a, like a template thing that they screw into. That, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the old sort of the plasticky. It's what it is, type. but it's clear. Okay. Yeah, this one's clear, so you can see. Through. Okay. Although it'll fill with leaves in probably 20 minutes, but um yeah, blow so, it off. Well, the, it would it would survive the winds where you are. It maybe we had some uh, pretty good windstorms lately, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be able to survive the even the wind we get here. But I did my best. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I here you have to live there. <laughs> yeah, here you do, you do have to be a little wind aware. So it's like when a hurricane season comes on, you need to like make sure there's nothing in your yard that can like fly up and fly through your windows like lawn chairs or furniture or anything. <laughs> I actually scary. have a picnic table that I flip over upside down to make it less uh, less, air, less aerodynamic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so uh, we're going to pick up on uh, Chapter 4 on the Green Fireballs, but should we talk about um, the Current New York events. Times article that Current came out events. about the... Yeah, What's ahead. that? Current events. Current events, current events yes. with the New York Times article that came out about the um, report that's supposed to come out in June. So, did you get a chance to look at that, or? Yes. So, so um, are we going to get? Is this going to be more of a non, <laughs> more non-information? Yes. Or... <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it are is. We it gonna... looks... You know, it looks just like the 1950s, just like we're talking about with this book. It's like, yeah. I, and when I was saying that, I think last time that we talked, it's like it's 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 deja vu all over again. Um, so I made some comments and circled some things on this this article from the New York Times, and this is from the New York Times on um, June third, with the title "U.S. Finds No Evidence of Alien Technology in Flying Objects, but Can't Rule It Out Either." <laughs> yeah, that is so just the, like. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that great? It's, it's like, just like the book. Yeah, we don't know. Why don't you just go, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> they go, American intelligence officials have found no evidence that aerial Navy pilots in recent years are alien spacecraft. And I want to know, how do you determine that something isn't something? So how do you it's, it's, yeah. it's not an alien spacecraft. Okay. There's a lot of things it's not. It's also not a large dog. It's not here. <laughs> it's yeah, not. But you can you can look at it and go, well, you know, it doesn't look like a dog. It doesn't bark like a dog. We know it's not a dog. So how did so they know what alien spacecraft look like? Right. And they look at these things and they go, no, that's not one of them. Yeah, they so, never. They never see, yeah. And again, we see these things in the sky, and nobody's able to put their hand on it. And I think that's mm. the big, that's the big one of the problems. I'm the big problem, but it's well. We well can't I'll talk about anything. that. That's like, 
I found an article by Jacques Vallée in the Journal of Scientific Exploration, which is actually, you can look at a lot of these, not this one, this is an older article, but the journal you can look at it free online, where he talks about um, 10 cases or 12 cases where they've had samples supposedly from flying saucers and they've been analyzed. I'll talk about that in a minute, but I wanted to look at this article some more on on the UFO, the New York Times article. Okay. And they said, uh, just to hit some highlights, <clears throat> the report determined that a vast majority of more than 120 incidents over the past two decades did not originate from any military or other advanced U.S. government technology. Now, this is just like in the 1950s, and this is the results from... Um, like the Roberts report, which we'll get to with this book at, at some point that we're talking about. Uh, that is about the only conclusive finding in the classified report. Uh, we get to see the unclassified version, which will be released by Congress on June 25th, which will present few other firm conclusions. Uh, senior officials briefed on the intelligence concede that the very ambiguity of the findings meant the government could not definitely rule out theories that the phenomena observed by military pilots might be alien spacecraft. So it, it, they say that it's not, and they say that it is, might be, it could or be. what could be. could be, we can't say one, they can't say one way or another. Now, Jacques Vallée, he's the Close Encounter, uh, he's that guy? Close yeah, Encounter, he's, third guy, he's, he was an advisor, and he, like, played he was, a part in the movie. I know we've yeah, mentioned he, this before. But, yeah, he's uh, the guy that was the, in the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He's the French guy. That yeah. character, the French guy in the movie, is based on Jacques Vallée, who is a, a Silicon Valley VC, and he has been spending decades sort of exploring this, the uh, idea of UFOs or that. And he actually published an article because I was talked about, we've talked about there's no physical evidence. So he published an article where there are, I think with like 10 cases of, the article has 10 cases where they talk about finding material that was supposedly, you know, blebbed out of flying saucers. Um, and one of the things that I didn't articulate very well last time that I was trying to talk about, is like if you find a sample from a flying saucer, it's, you know, I didn't see that you could actually find something that's going to tell you much other than, I mean, because we know, we know pretty much all the elements. I think we do know pretty much all the elements in the, the universe. So you're not going to discover a new element with this stuff. But they did have a couple interesting things in this article. So, and he has some of his classifications. They have, uh, oh, um, I think we talked about a while ago, the guys in the um, the boat up, at, up in Puget Sound in Seattle, which said that they had a um, flying saucers were flying over them over the boat. And one of them looked like it had trouble, and then another one like hit one of them, and this bunch of material came off it and rained down on them, and the material actually killed their dog yeah. in the boat. Yeah. 
And yeah, it, it was like, yeah, the material from the dent, whatever, the, the saucer with the problem was spewing out, it was spewing out uh, some sort of yeah, metal. Yeah, and they were saying, they were saying that the, um, you know, and what we saw was that they, they, they attributed that the FBI can, his, his line is, the FBI in a very confused series of investigations attributed the case to a hoax. Uh, analysis of the fragments show them to be from slag, yeah, Tacoma slag mill. Yeah. So, well, what's interesting exactly, about? Remember when I brought to your house in Oakland? I go, oh, look what I found! It's alien, oh yeah, whatever. yeah, that, that, and we that threw it weird piece of slag in your fireplace. <laughs> hey, what will happen if we throw in the fireplace? Well, yeah, it just kind of lit up and did nothing. But yeah, you know, where did I was you all find excited. that? It was behind. It was in Placerville in an abandoned. Uh, train track that I was having my mufflers done on my old Dodge. And, uh, oh, and you're, you're and walking I said, around? Just, yeah, I said, I'll just wander around because it was kind of interesting. And uh, I just walked up this abandoned because, you know, I'm always looking for something that might be a mystery, but yeah, I never find anything. Uh, but it's, Not yet. And not yet. I haven't gathered, I haven't ventured out of too much of California yet. So um, I go back and I find these, and it wasn't all over the place. It was just everyone. What the hell is this? So I picked one up. Of course, carried it in my pocket like a four-year-old. And uh, you know, up? then I brought it when we went down to visit you that time. I brought it because like, you know you're a PhD, and you know I'm, you I'm must knowledgeable. know. You must know what this is. <laughs> I have knowledge because you know I'm just a manager. <laughs> so um, we decided we yeah it was slag, or we you, you figured that out pretty. Pretty quickly, like I was all excited, but it wasn't alien anything. Yeah, it just looked like something had fallen off a train that was hauling something. Yeah, it was. But Jacques Vallée says about, he, he would actually say that this case about the, the material falling on these fishermen, um, he he sort of would say it's not necessarily a hoax. He's not saying it is, he's, he's saying that it's not necessarily a hoax. What killed, the find, dog? It, what killed the dog if nothing happened? I don't know. Who, what psychopath and the, would kill the their dog got, yeah, for the, a hoax? Yeah, I mean, who, who would do that? Not something I'd, not someone I'd like very much because I'm a big dog anybody who, I think yeah. Anybody who's grown up and has dogs can, could, can't do that. So I'm, I, I put that as a question mark as, as it might not be a hoax. It's sort of a silly thing, but um, I think it's valid. Um, I would say that it might not be a hoax because, I mean, Unless these guys are psychopaths, um, nobody nobody in their right mind can kill their dog, can kill their pet. So, so it, yeah, I don't so, yeah. really understand how that whole thing. And then they admit it or something. Well, of course, you know the Air Force. Well, said yeah, they did. They, yeah, there the talks about it, but it's uh, let's see what's he say here? Aluminum, manganese. Uh, the material was analyzed. Aluminum, manganese, copper, magnesium, silver, nickel, lead, strontium, and chromium. Traces of silver, tin, cadmium reported. Um, initially sent the samples to Ray Palmer, who was something a uh, writer with Arnold. Uh, da, 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 in, uh, only after Kennel Reserve published a story. In their opinion, it is only after Kenneth Arnold. Observation that they changed to involve the okay for the purpose of this, we will keep this week something in the present list. But it's clear no firm conclusion can be drawn from the reported facts. Um, 
so I don't know. I, that one I would just put as a, a question mark. It seems to be, there seems to be some weird issues with it. And well, this was a very early event. The date on that is June 21, 1947. Yeah, you, the Kenneth Arnold, you mentioned, we, I, always, I always apologize, I mean, because Kenneth Arnold's like every other episode. That's the Mount Rainier, the, the, the original sighting that coined the phrase flying saucer. Is that that guy? Yeah, and he actually and, he actually wrote a book that is you can get online. It's um, he he put his story out there on the weird tabloid type. They were, I mean, I don't know if that's something that the Air Force. Brought well, see, out. that's the that's one of the criticisms of it. Is he uh, one of the things from the, the Arnold Arnold story? Is I was always puzzled that he, he was flying around uh, a. Um, Marine Corps transport had gone down, so he figured he yeah. was a pilot. He was out there, and he figured he he would just go out and help look for it. And then he saw these these flying saucers. And when he got back to the airport, he was swamped by reporters. And I was always like, "Well, why is why is he? Where did the reporters come from?" And then I realized yeah. the reporters came from. They were there to cover the air air the transport crash with yeah. the Marines on it. So the air the reporters were all over the area at that point. And then he wrote up his, his article in the magazine, Fate Magazine, which is an article that talks about psychic stuff and all, all sorts of other you know, strange things. So that led a credence, or credence, a aura of, uh, in many people's eyes, disbelief. He's also written a book, which, like I said, you can get it online for free. It's, it's uh, open copyright. And so I don't know. Um, that... Which story it, was it where the there was witnesses of some kind to one of the events, and they were flying back, and there it was another air crash of another C forty seven, probably. You remember that? Oh, that was the um, was actually that, that was to? the one with the slag. Yes, I think that was the one with the slag. So they're flying and, back. Yeah, and they're me playing. Their plane crashed, and the and the uh, the investigators got killed. Or whoever investigated it, the two two pilots or whatever that talked to these guys, they got killed, and that added an additional level of sort of mystery, conspiracy. Everything's a conspiracy. Um, That's right. To uh, to that whole thing. So yeah, who who knows? But the Arnold, I think, is he's his book will eventually. I want to get to that. Uh, check that out. See what that says. But I can't imagine that he has much more to say other than I've seen it, but they, he did write a book on it. So some of the uh, two, uh, I'm going to just talk about briefly two other, these other cases where people found um, material that came from supposed UFOs. And one of them is on November 11th, 1956, Vado Island, Sweden. And these guys, um, one of the things that you're starting to see, and it's at the end of this book that we're talking about, is at the end of, uh, in the late 50s, people started reporting that in the presence of UFOs, their cars would stop, like you saw in yeah. Close Encounters of the, the Third Kind, where the car engine would stop, and it, the, the UFO would interfere, interfere with the electronics and automobiles would no longer run. So they're these guys, two Swedish guys, their um, truck engine sputtered and died. Objects slowly glided down and illuminated the surrounding landscape with such tremendous amount of light that even a bar and half a kilometer away was visible as if the sun was shining. 
After about 10 minutes, the light intensified. The object lifted off. They went up and they investigated further and found a shiny rock that was hot to, to the touch. It was a three-sided piece of metal about the size of a matchbox. And the analysis of that was one of the more interesting ones in this. And that turned out to be... Uh, it was analyzed uh, professionally, and the general conclusion was that the object was composed of tungsten, carbide, and cobalt, consistent with manufacturing products. And all industrial countries have companies which produce such hard metals, and the manufacturing technology is, in principle, the same. But with this piece of material, the overall quality of the material was outstanding, but not unusual for the 1950s. Why is this thing the dropping, last... dropping debris off of it? Like yeah, it something apart or this trash? It drops the, the trash. The impression, <laughs> yeah, the impression is that this was like a craft that was in um, in trouble, and so it sort of like settled down for a minute, and then a piece came off it. Uh, Wild. The other one that that he talks about, which is is a better one. And it was December 17, 1977, Council Bluff, Iowa. And this had like 11 witnesses. Uh, people saw a, um, what do they see? They saw an object that crashed to the ground in the vicinity of the Dyke of Big Lake Park um, at 745, followed by flames 8 to 10 feet high. When they reached the scene, the witnesses found a large area of the dike covered with a mass of molten metal that glowed orange-red, igniting the grass. Uh, police and firefighters showed up within minutes. Uh, one law officer described the molten mass as running, boiling down the edges of the levee over an area about four to six feet. They did a... Uh, analysis of it, and it was chiefly iron with a small amount of nickel and chromium. This composition excludes meteoric, meteoric origins. And so the analysis of, of this, so the metal wasn't, wasn't exciting, but they said that the, um, for the amount and mass of the metal, it was very difficult for somebody to put it there as a hoax because they're saying it would, you would have had to have molten iron like in a container, and you would have had to dump it on this... Uh, on this dike so well, a couple things about iron one is the meteorites are made of a lot of iron well they yeah. were, they said the composition excluded meteorites really and there's no crater yeah and, and the analysis said it was probably mad made what year was this type of manufacture what year but was that what they can't figure out is if it was a hoax how they transported the metal and got it there um yeah, I mean, it's, what year was there, that? And there was a bunch of witnesses. Let me, I'll tell you the witness 1917 report. or something was, in, or what year was that? This was 1977. Mm. So, so the initial had, witnesses yeah. were, yeah, were, were Kenny Drake and his wife and Kenny's 12-year-old nephew, two witnesses, Mike Moore, Michael Moore. Michael Moore was there. Yeah, he's a documentary filmmaker. And his wife, Chris reported seeing a hovering red object with lights as they crossed the street on their way downtown. Big round thing hovering in the sky below the treetops. It was hovering, it wasn't moving. Red light around the perimeter, blinking in sequence. Middle-aged couple who saw the event spoke to the investigators by telephone, stating that they had seen a bright red object rocket to the ground near Big 
Lake, but refused to be identified. Four teenagers in a small foreign car spoke to the Drakes at the time of the incident, but did not, did not make a report. Secondary witnesses uh, were the assistant fire chief who took the call, police officer Dennis Murphy and Robin E. e. Allen, and uh, stated the center of the mass metal was too hot to touch when he arrived on the scene, and only 15 minutes after only 15 minutes after the incident, and it remained so for about an hour. So, if it was a hoax, it was uh, a pretty good one. And they also investigated because it's near an airport. If it was possible that it, it was a plane, and there was no planes that that uh, came through there at that time. Well, so there have about, been. about irons, it's pretty. The thing about iron, it's pretty heavy. I can't imagine. Unless it's a variant and a mix of, you know, who knows what to do, you know, how that would work with a UFO, but typically iron's very heavy. I wouldn't use it to make a spacecraft, but yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, the other one where it's, um, the other one is interesting because it's a very high quality, I can't remember what the material is, high quality tungsten, tungsten, tungsten yeah. carbide and cobalt. That seems more likely for like a spacecraft. Yeah. The iron, they speculate in the article, maybe it's used for a, um, you know, um, I don't know, a, some sort of weird mechanical some part process. Of it, yeah, some piece of it or something. Whatever. Yeah. You know, that, that's interesting, but, though. But the, uh, that I just wanted to say, because there have been, so these are reports of people actually finding stuff supposedly from. Well, of course, Jacques boxes of you know, full parts. He, What's that? Didn't Jacques Vallee have box? Did he say he had? Boxes? He had. He had some. He had some parts that he took. He's taken to Stanford, I guess, recently in the last few years. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. I haven't seen anything else. But like I was saying before, if you find something, and you analyze it, what do you? This is, I think, what you're going to find. You're going to find it's a metal. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. It's going to be made of different elements. Um. But it may not tell you anything. I mean, the, the, like I said, the most intriguing one is the tungsten uh, carbide cobalt one, which seems like, okay, that could be from an aircraft. And the iron is just weird. And that, that one's intriguing because it's, if it was a hoax, it's uh, somebody put a hell of a lot of effort into it. Because well, they... if there was an object to be seen, you needed a balloon or something, you need to have a cauldron with liquid iron in it that you could dump. <laughs> Yeah. So if it was a hoax, it was a very elaborate and a very well-planned one. Well, if it was found later, they could check for element 115. That's the Bob Lazar, you know, the one yeah. Bob Lazar discovered. But I think 77 was a little early, 79 or whatever it was, seven, a little early to determine that, because that was before yeah. Lazar's exploits, I think, anyway. Or, yeah. you know, thereabouts. But I don't know. It's, it sounds intriguing. I mean, but Belize, I'm still back with, where is it? So he had it analyzed at Stanford, and we don't know what happened. I don't know. That was mentioned in that documentary phenomenon, that there was doing some sort of analysis, and, and I haven't seen anything since. But he also, I think they also did with um, the guy at Stanford, the like the alien baby, yeah. which was, and that turned out to be human. The DNA was human, It was, and they're thinking it was just some sort of strange ritual, South American ritual, that or mutant children or something so yeah. um there's a I couple mean, more things these, i mean we, we're looking to see, it just seems like the only real evidence we have is video 
you know, I mean, Valise got his stuff and everything, and he believes that that's spacecraft junk. But it's like, well, well there's some there's some video, and then there's um, um, there's the video from the military, and lots of people have have pictures, and if if we get to it at some point, we'll talk about the Gulf Breeze sightings, <laughs> and that supposedly has. That. Yeah, we're never getting there. That supposedly has uh, has good photographs, but we'll see. I want to, like I said, we'll get through that. And then there's the the self published book by the reporter that um, debunked it. So it'll be interesting to see how how valid his debunking is. There was oh, there was something I saw the other day. It was interesting. So okay, so I told you about the is it the Corsco Corsco the the after the Roswell book. Yes, that's the one where it, you had me get yesterday. Yeah, you got it. I, I got it on my iPad, and you just yeah, picked it up. Yeah, we got, I got it on book. Kindle. Got it on Kindle this time, Kindle. so they can't lose it. Oh, by the way, I have an update on the book that never arrived. Um, it did arrive. It actually did arrive yesterday. All right, cool. One problem. It's not the oh. book I ordered. It's 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 it's, it's, God. it's communicating with animal animals. Telepathy. Telep telep did you order the wrong book, or they I sent you the no, wrong book? No, they sent me the wrong book. I didn't order that. Oh, okay. It's okay, a yeah. So it's deal a with paperback. It. You know, what's and, that? Uh, it's a paperback. Too. I don't see oh, order paperbacks. That's nuts. That's just and, nuts. Uh, so you know, we get the wife sent up some email, trying to get it resolved. I just said I just want to cast. You know, she says, yeah, "Oh, just, well, she goes, we'll put a note in there that you know it's." You know, we want a refund, and we'll you, send it back to you. And I go, don't offer to send it back. Just say, we want our refund. If they want it back, they can tell did, us. Did you, um, you bought it through Amazon? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's probably. Do, I, I sent you, I sent yeah. you what I do. It's works. It's worked for me, and they're usually very helpful. Yeah, yeah this is, this is, this is something to be fixed. And then the other book, I told you where to find the other book for less, and you'll get it sooner. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. That's that was, crazy. That was I wanted that one too, but uh, well, you uh, sent I, me a you sent me that book anyway, right? I uh, think I got a copy of it. No, I, I sent can't you. Remember what the uh, name of it is now? Uh, um, I'll send you. I'll send you a link if you want to buy it. Yeah, that would be. But good. you're going I to have to register it. with the site. Okay, God. I'll send you a link for the not the register with the site thing. Though. You know, I feel about that. Yeah, it's it's Open Skies, Closed Minds by Nick Pope. I think we have plenty of time to get to it because I'm looking yeah, at the level of information that you've got set up for me coming up. Yeah, Are I we... will uh, send you a link. Thank you. Are we almost ready to roll into the book, sir? Oh, we're never getting back to that book. But yeah, I, let's never, I want to. Well, well, if you got something I, else, keep, keep, keep giving up. No, I want to. Uh, let's talk about this article in the New York Times. So, okay. uh, let's see. So they went on, and this is all like the the. Um, 19 or like it's 1954 again with yeah. um with uh project blue book everything we're back to where we were again 70 years 70 years in the past we've time traveled uh yes. the final yeah. report will also include a classified annex while the annex will not contain any evidence concluding that the phenomena are alien spacecraft the officials acknowledged that the fact that it would remain off-limits to the public was likely mm. to continue to fuel speculation that the government had secret data about alien visitations to Earth. Well, no no shit. They're, they're not giving a shit again. It's basically, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, well, I mean, you'll get a report, but it'll be like the last was all redacted. 
you know, the people are redacted. The you know, most of the oh, yeah, information yeah, yeah. is redacted. Oh, there's no, and there's no only, information here. Basically, the only words left are and is are. And and they, didn't even his, they didn't even do his or you know it's like yeah. what am I reading there and it's you know everybody's all excited people are you know extracting the information and putting it on websites and I'm opening it up going well it took me a million years to read this but what I read I was not impressed I mean yeah those, I'm sure it's, it's in it's, there it's, yeah and we'll you know. we'll see how this comes up yeah we're gonna have we'll have something to talk about but I mean this if, this report report will be. Um, Something you could talk about with other people too. Um, I, th I think it'll generate a lot of discussion. I'm hoping they have uh, something the, to talk about. That's, that's you know, I mean. Well, apparently they have incidents. So they, they did talk about a few incidents here, and they said, well, they said in uh, reports examines incidents involving foreign militaries today. At least some of the aerial phenomena could have been experimental technology from a rival power, most likely Russia or China. Hey, did you? I sent you that thing about the the drone being chased by two police helicopters in I can't remember where it was Phoenix or someplace. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And a drone that can go to fourteen thousand feet, and it went into cloud cover to escape the helicopters because the helicopters won't go into cloud cover because they're they're visual flight rules. Right. Craft. They have to have. Yeah, know, they can't, can't go into clouds. So yeah. that's just too wild. It's so somebody's somebody's has. You know, very advanced drone technology that can escape helicopters. That's a pretty, pretty impressive. Well, you mentioned nuclear. They can do that with a small nuclear reactors or nuclear. How did, you probably understand. Oh, no, I was I just do. saying it was something like, uh, so the, the probes on the probes, the rovers on Mars have nuclear reactors. And all they are is they're just heaters. So you have nuclear material in there. It gets hot. And then they use a... Uh, Oh, what is it called? It's thermal thermal transduction, so uh, to create electricity. So can that work on an aircraft, or is it too heavy? Uh, it works for the rover, but I don't know how the how it works with the rovers. The rovers might just use the. Uh, I haven't studied the rovers. The rovers, I would assume, the rovers just use them to power batteries to keep the batteries charged. The right. same thing. So they're it's an alternative to the to the solar panels. It's a better approach. And it's like after, you know, 50 years in space, it's like, oh, I can't have nuclear power in space because it's dangerous. It's like, you know, it's a big, it's pretty big out there. And so now they are finally willing to put nuclear uh, power plants on some of these probes. Although there was an early one, if you watch the movie The Martian, yes. which the Viking favorite, Lander had favorite, a nuclear. Oh, it's a great, great movie. Great movie. Good book, too. Uh, the um, one of the Viking lander I think had a nuclear power pack that he used to heat his uh, cabin in the in the yeah. crawler when he was traveling. So they've used them before, but they've shied away from them. They use them for the deep space missions because solar panels are solar panels aren't the best option for for power. They're okay, but you know, I, I, I don't know. So. Nuclear is is okay. Nuclear is okay. And Bill Gates and uh, who's that other guy? The other billionaire are building a new new type of nuclear power plant somewhere. They just announced. Anyway, oh, I don't know. So nuclear is on a rebound, and it's green energy. So the uh, so they said that the 
blah, blah, blah. The, uh, an- I like the, the officials spoke on condition of anonymi- anonymity because they're not authorized to speak to the publicly, but they're talking publicly anyway. Yeah. Um, how's that work? They just, can't, that, they, can talk, they just to, can't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> is that supposed to be, you're talking about classified stuff. Is that okay? Are they talking? They just don't say anything of significance. Yeah. So it's not... My lips are moving, but I'm not saying anything. Uh, the phenomena where Chinese or Russians research had outpaced American military development, which is a, a, a way of saying more money to the Pentagon. We need more money. Uh, they don't have enough money. In one encounters, and then they talk about uh, encounters. Oh, this this just irritated me. In one encounter, strange objects. This is this will be one of the reports that will be that they will talk about in the report when it comes out. One of the um, incidents. So uh, one of the one encounter, strange objects. One of them, like a spinning top moving against the wind, appeared almost daily from summer of 2014 to March 2015. So high in the skies over the east case, Navy pilots reported to their superiors that the object had no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes, but they had, could reach 30,000 feet and hypersonic speeds. Okay. All right. It's going on for a year. You know it's going to be there. After a month or two, it's going to go, you know, this is probably going to happen again. Yeah. Why don't and, we get some information? Why don't we get some? Yeah. Why don't we get some footage? Why don't we do something? Why don't you shoot it down <laughs> and then collect the debris? Oh it's a drone. I think. I don't know what they're worried about. That there's going to be people in there, or there's going to be. It's like the drones that were on the west coast down by um, Catalina and all that down yeah. there. Where it's like, why well, just shoot one? Okay, it's right over your helicopter deck. Just, yeah, just shoot it. Just, just shoot, shoot it. it. And it's like you got one of them. Now you can understand what, what's going on with the rest. It's, it's like, like they know, you know. It's like they know that there won't be an aggression toward them. Yeah, I mean it's just crazy. If this is going on for a year, it's like, uh, why not have a crash program to thoroughly document it, capture it, or shoot it down? Well, it's we just to be a, we can't shoot it down. It's no. in international airspace. Well, that's because what Oops. happened over in you know yeah. Iran yeah. and all that, where we, we accidentally shot a passenger jet yeah. down. Oops. Ah, fuck. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> You've done it before. Happens, it was an accident. It's okay. It's, it's not my. Yeah. You know. You know yeah. You anyway, so it's, here's a prime example to actually study this phenomena, study it in detail, and it's like, well, we don't know. What, what, what. Maybe that's the maybe that's the classified appendix or annex in the the report. So it also said here the Defense Department had been collecting such reports for more than 13 years as a part of the shadowy little-known Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, also known as Project Blue Book. Uh, And then they stopped it, and then they started again, and they renamed it the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, whose acronym is Project Blue Book. The task force was to detect, analyze, and catalog sightings, of strange objects in the sky that could pose a threat to national security. Again, we're back in the 1950s. Right. And also to encourage pilots to look at, to be encouraged to speak about what they saw, we're back in the 1950s. Well, the Air Force did that, and we'll, we, if we get to that in this book, but in this book, they also, um, that was part of what Project Blue Book was going to do was to encourage pilots to report what they were seeing so that they could gather data. And that's 1952. 
And they did that. And then they had the, and I'm jumping ahead and we'll get to it in the book too. And then they had the Washington incident with the flap over Washington with all the UFOs and they kicked the reporters out of the radar room and yes, and all this other stuff. And after that, they had the press conference, which basically said, oh, you know, gave the impression that you're crazy if you look at UFOs or something. And then the yeah. pilots after this thing just said, I'm not going to report this anymore. So they went from the so so we've 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 been in this rodeo before. Well, now though the government's in, allegedly is encouraging military and civilian pilots yeah. to report, yeah, without consequence allegedly. Um, well, yeah, well, that hopefully, but and it's just crazy that they had a year to study yeah. an object, analyze an object, uh, track an object, except for the fact that it could outfly our fighter jets which is scary um which i think would motivate you to actually gather information on this if somebody was was flying something like that you'd want to know everything you could about it like we do every time even since the 50s yes we've studied these things so i wouldn't say that they hadn't done anything i'd say they probably did something they haven't found out shit like <laughs> they have never found possibly found out anything I mean, or what they found out, we don't, to your point, you know, we may not know. We simply don't know what they say they're going to tell us. They're not going to tell us anything. I mean, they're, they're afraid that there's, you know, this war of the worlds thing. I mean, it's going to, you know, if we let it out with the truth is, hey, there's really aliens, there's really UFOs, these are real. I mean, we're already yeah. saying, I mean, we're already saying with these um, gun cameras and things that we're, you know, getting the Tic Tac UFOs. We're already saying, we, yeah, this thing moved from here to here at hypersonic speed. Um, we're admitting that. Nobody's freaking out yet over that because really we haven't, it's a picture, you know, on a, you know, we haven't put our hand on the thing. I think once we open up, we pull the curtain back and we show that UFO sitting there and maybe a couple of dead aliens. That's when the shit's going to hit the fan, really. I mean, people, I think we're ready to accept it. You and I are ready. Is everybody ready? I, I, I don't know. I mean, we've had, I, I, I don't understand why people would get upset. And it's like, oh, I think most people. The religious community is not going to like it. I don't me. think the religious people are really going to care. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, okay, you know, so yeah, that's just, there's a bigger universe out there. And there's, I mean, why would they care? Well, because I mean, right, we don't want to get into the religious aspect of it, but it's kind of like, you know, what is God? So we're not Adam and Eve didn't pop down. And believe me, I have no, my, I'll, I don't want to insult anybody, but well, it's, 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 it, it's it, how, how are we really from? Because really, the theory is that we were put here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, why couldn't, why couldn't other, other people be put other places? Yes, I agree. Universe. I yeah. agree. They could be. Why, but, what's the difference? It's, but, it's, but it's you have an omnipotent But it's not being, God, Bill. But they didn't create us. It's an omnipotent <laughs> being that, that's, that's it, doing this know, throughout that's the, the universe. Fear. That's the fear out there, I think. I think. I, I mean, I, I don't I know that. that. You know, I mean, um, I th again, I, I don't think want to insult anybody with my lack of religious background. So Yeah, I, I don't think. I honestly don't think it's that big a deal. I and I, I don't think either, a lot, but that's a lot of the, people would embrace it. 
I most people, I agree majority with, of people. I agree with you, but the government doesn't feel the same way as we do. They think, <laughs> they think there's going to be a problem of some kind yeah. because they're paranoid. Well, they're they're also good at solving problems. They're paid. They're, they're paid to be paranoid. So it's it's kind of mm. like, you yeah, know, that's yeah. their job. That's a big part of their job. It's important you part know, of their job. But, but I I agree with you. Maybe it's not going to be a big deal. I'm not saying it's going to be a big deal, but I believe that's part of the concern. Is that okay? I, I know there's a big what what is a big study that we're not going to know about is how they're going to prepare, how they're preparing for the reaction when we find out the reality. This is something that's being discussed behind closed doors. Okay, we know that yes. this is happening. When well, we been, really been... release the, when we release the real facts, the, well, one... been, they, <laughs> the, the government always does contingency plans and stuff like that. So they have, they have report secret, they have secret reports and plans and stuff on how to deal with this. So they've probably, they've probably been updated and revisited every five years since the 1950s. Yeah. So they have contingency plans for this, but I mean, this isn't, as we're looking at this stuff, it's, this isn't the 1950s anymore and it's, or even the sixties. I can't really can't imagine uh, it being that, that big a deal. Anyway, I can't but I know. either, but um, it could be. That's what they think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I know mean, it's, what's going to happen when we open the garage door at Area 51 and we show yeah. five flying saucers of all different kinds and yeah. a couple of but, dead oh, aliens and then maybe an alien that flies the thing because we're not, or like you said, yeah. a small, a small tiny really guy. tiny, Get in a plane. A really a plane. tiny pilot, possibly, who's an adult. Get in that and fly it. And uh, well, the, like Lazar the disturbing said, part is when they hit him with the stick to get him into the plane. That's what that's what's the yeah, disturbing part. Yeah, is. that's yeah. The, it, it, as we have a history of doing. Yeah, you know what? But I think there's a, I think I don't think there's a fear. I think there's more curiosity. It, like when we went, as we'll get to the grudge report and all that. Um, there was yeah. just, you know, it's the the we we are not in the fifties, so we have a lot of tech and we've got a lot of information and we have access to, you know, social media. I mean, if this thing's happening, they're not crashing anywhere where a guy with a camera in his camera phone is, you know, documenting this. Well, that's, that's what's curious yeah. that there's, they're out there and nothing's, I mean, could the government, you take a picture with your camera phone and immediately they, you don't, you get it so fast that you can't get it on Facebook. And, <laughs> that the government wipes it from the your government phone. wipes it and then cuts your and then you know closes your Facebook account. That's actually that's actually a really good app to have where you can remotely wipe your stuff from your phone. That would that would sell well, where people would go, oh, oh my wife has my phone. <laughs> yeah. She's looking at my text messages. Oh shit! Abort. Abort mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wipe all files clean. Are you sure? See, it was, yeah. it's the, the the problem is it's going to be. She's got it in her hand. You know it, and it's that fateful. Are you sure? It's the time yeah. when you say do it, and it says, "Are you yeah. sure?" Is where she's picking up. <laughs> they need to eliminate yeah. that. Are you sure? Because that's that's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of valuable seconds that you'll need. That's too much. Too much time. <laughs> Way too, much, too time. much time. You know, this is the, that, therein lies the problem. You have too much time to do it. 
Oh, uh, one of the things I talked about that I just found out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this stuff, and I keep this. I can't believe the volume of material out there on UFOs. I mean, there's good and there's bad stuff, and 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 by good and bad, it's like it's stuff that I look at and I say, okay, this is worth reading. And then there's the stuff that, um, you know, I don't. I'm not sure I should invest my time into. But that book that I sent you, uh, that you picked up, you got the ebook. Yeah. I got the ebook. Yeah. On the the something after after Roswell, I gotta look. And that what's so one of the things that's interesting about that book, and this bugs the hell out of me when they do this, when the media does this. Where is it? I don't have it. It's gone. Oh, here it is. Oh, it's the, the day book. after Roswell. Yeah. By uh, Colonel Philip. Give me the Philip. It's, something. it's the guy we think we know, but we're not sure. It's the uh, yeah, Colonel Philip the name J. Is... Corso retired. Colonel yeah, J. the name Corso. is familiar. And then on, on Wikipedia, they got a really awful picture of him. And oh, nice. he, um, yeah, he looks he looks drunk. He looks like he's at dinner and he's drunk. Oh, so this guy had a big career in uh, the military, and he says he's the guy that, I guess, took care of the aftermath of the Roswell crash. Oh. So this book, this book was published... Uh, and then, of course, he died like a year later, as they all do. They, and well, um, Yes, they all do. They all do. So he, <laughs> I don't know how he died. He, he was heart attacked. He was he heart attacked. It. <laughs> and, um, so the Guardian, which is a newspaper in the UK, when I was looking up, I was researching this, has a list of the top 10 hoaxed books from, you know, I don't know, in the world or something. And some of them are like old poetry things. Who cares? And one of them is the uh, the Hitler diaries. Remember that years ago, the guy came yeah. out and said, I have his diaries, and it yeah. was a big hoax. Yeah. And then there was another one that was um, Howard Hughes' biography. Remember that when that came out? That was like a big deal. And that was years and years. And that was a hoax. And then they have this guy's book. And I'm like looking at, and the only reason that they say all these other ones have, you know, the writers acknowledge it was a hoax, and, and you know, there's research that shows it was a was a hoax, and all this other stuff. And the only reason that this was a hoax is because Senator Strom Thurmond wrote the foreword to this guy's book, but he didn't know it was about UFOs. So after the book came out, um, Thurmond was like, "Oh, I didn't know it was about UFOs." And I, I don't know, and and the, the wheels are off the wagon. So that's the reason that they're saying it's it's a hoax. They're not giving any evidence for it. They're going, oh, he just misled the senator. So it's a massive hoax book. Well, and my question is, why is it on this list? <laughs> I mean, that's that's, that's, that's Dude, not evidence of anything. It's a hoax by Major General Smith of the Pentagon. He declared it a hoax. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like it's just like not this, really, that's not no. evidence that it's a hoax. All it is is it's an opinion. So I don't know if it's true or not. Have we determined? Okay, the guy that wrote it. Did we do any? Uh, I looked him up. I mean, the guy's the, the guy was the guy was. I mean, he had a long and lengthy career in the military. Was he in the air force? And he was he was involved in a lot of things. Um, one of the notable things that he did was he testified in front of the committee to uh, that the U.S. had left a lot of POWs in Vietnam. There were hundreds of POWs that were left in in, yes. in Vietnam, and this was in 
McCain, Senator McCain was in charge of the committee. Senator McCain's like, fuck you. Um, so in his usual style. And he's like, shut up, shut up. So, yeah, so this guy's, this guy's like, you know, was saying we, there was POWs left and, you know, testified to it. So I don't know. The guy looks pretty legit. I don't know why somebody who had a, a lengthy and a rather successful career in the military for so many years would come forward and go, I'm going to write a book on UFOs just for laughs. Well, you know, they got the oh. bones of the of American soldiers. And do you know what president actually got those over into the United States? Well, they were on... done before, but they were animal bones. <laughs> they weren't human. Oh, there's there's an ongoing there's been an ongoing recovery effort for uh, getting remains from Vietnam, yeah, Vietnam for decades. Um, I, I I read some of the details on the stuff, but you're saying which president has done? There's a Matt, is it a recent president? Yeah, it's done a more recent work? president. It's what, is, know, it, recent is, is this the one that this is this the one that we're no longer allowed to talk about? Yeah, we don't talk. Excuse me. I have to take, yes. my, ma I have to take my MAGA hat off here before I. Yeah. Yeah. So no. he. Um, so th yeah, that was. I noticed that was. Uh, I, I'd seen that, and they'd re had returns of like hundreds of remains under. And they were actual human stuff. bones instead of before other presidencies have gotten horse bones and whatever. That's but there the has story I heard. I mean, yeah, there has been a, <clears throat> there has been an ongoing process of recovering remains from Vietnam has been going on for decades and I don't know um, all the details because I haven't looked at this stuff for years but I do know under the president who cannot be named yes. the um, um, there were hundreds of remains that were were brought forward and released which was just shows that he did it diplomatically that he was an excellent president you're not allowed to say president even though you're not even allowed to say uh, the president, former right? former person who the former person's head of the united states we can't states name, of some we can't say, some sort who we can't we can't name we or we could just name him by and we're not going to do it but we're, you can yeah, say his whoever last he was name i mean some guy I, I can't remember who he, i don't remember I, Mr. this guy i don't remember who he is i don't even know you know <laughs> I you're I tried cold. to look him up on Wikipedia, and he wasn't there. He was. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Was, I, don't know. I, I had a paper Wikipedia, and his face was there. And then the next day, I opened the same one. And it was gone. I don't know how they even it's did gone. that. It's gone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who you. What are you talking about? Stop this crazy talk. I know we're not. I know we're we're not doing politics. What is this conspiracy? You, conspiracy? We're conspiracy. Don't. No more. No. No, no more. You know, we're talking about UFOs. None of this. Not, uh, no politics. Fake, fake politics. <laughs> politics. Stuff. Yeah. So anyway, hey, we're um, let's let's talk about let's talk about let's yeah, well, at least we got talk... about ten minutes left. So yeah, let's yeah. talk about green fireballs. So let's get some yes. green fireballs out of the way. So I finally did my homework, and now we never got to it. Okay. Well, we'll do it. We'll do. We're gonna do this again. We're gonna get through yeah. this. We're gonna do this book. Um, green fireballs. To, you, you so what start. are they? So what you know, the green fireballs. I mean, um. Around September 1954 is kind of when they started, but there was, you know, a crew of airliners, a crew of airline crew, of air, airline crew. Um, they saw a blinding green fireball the size of the moon. Um, it streaked across Colorado and southern New Mexico. Most of these were happening in the same area, like you were just saying. Um, although they did have them overseas too, right? 
I don't remember. I mean, I, there's some things in this book that you've picked up that I haven't picked up, like the beach, the aircraft on the beach. Yeah. The flying wing on the beach. Yeah. It's and, just. And I had to go back and look in the book, and I was like, I don't remember reading that. And then I, I, I covered it really well when you talked about it. Yeah, very up. good. Yeah, it's, I did a good job. It's and kind it's of like, like when you said, did you read that? I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course I, I did. That. I'm looking at it now. Look, well, yeah, um, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. But that, I, I was like, I didn't remember that, and I did once I looked at it. And it's like, and it, the question is, how did that thing get on the beach? Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Um, and then to get off the uh, topic even more, we're never going to get this chapter done. That's right. Um, I have picked up, where is it? I picked up from uh, eBay aircraft recognition for the ground observer, which apparently was a big deal in the 50s, and they talk about it in this book. And I picked this up for $8, and, um, and it's got a bunch of aircraft, you know, like the silhouettes and photographs to, um, right. to identify it. But I was flipping through it, and one of the things is that there's several fighter aircraft that are triangles, like the Vulcan which I can see right here, right. and which that struck me because I didn't know that we had. And there's like they're almost solid triangles, and then there's the uh, the the javelin. I guess Britain liked the triangle shapes. Yeah. So I thought that was intriguing, um, and then it has the anyway. But this they talk about this in the book. Um, the ground observer corps was recruited for trying to f under the revitalize the Project Blue Book to identify ufos or sight ufos and stuff okay let's go back to green fireballs so, so yeah they saw them um they, they like they're not well, like they're they would go level they said everybody thought well they're meteorites you know but the way they travel flat they flew flat yeah. so and and, and uh, the dr la paz who was a, a professor at a local university uh, he said the trajectories, he says they were not meteors or meteorites. His argument was derived from the fact that he gained after many days of research working with the Air Force intelligence team. He stuck to the points. The trajectories, trajectories were too flat. The color was too green and he couldn't locate fragments, even though he found the spots where they should have hit the earth if they yeah. were meteorites. Apparently, this guy was really good at tracking um, taking information from meteorite sightings and tracking their um, their impact location and recovering fragments. You know how rich we could be if we do, could do that today? Well, we could do that today. Uh, I, mean, I have but... a feeling that there's some really smart people out there that do that for a yeah. living. Yeah, I think and we need to do that. We're very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, but La Paz was interviewed by Rupelt, right? I mean, he finally got in with him and he, yeah, yeah. No, he was. It was. He was. Yeah, he was very. Um, they spent. I think. It seems like they spent considerable time interviewing him and talking to him. So these things are headed right for in a couple of accounts that I recall from the book. They the, the um, thing, and it would glow three different colors. It was green and orange and blue or the, whatever it is, and uh, it would head right for the airliners. And the air one airliner uh, made it a you know made a course correction, went into a tight turn, you know, and the thing just kind of, you know, it didn't really hang with him. It just kind of blew by. But it was huh. kind of weird how it would go right toward the aircraft because they, 
Um, I don't know if it was La Paz who took the ball. He had a ball. He says, this is how it is. Or no, it was huh. maybe one of the uh, pilots. Spray painted okay. Kelly Green. They, they keep saying Kelly. I keep thinking Oakland Athletics. Um, well, they were, it was, they were supposed to be a really, really, um, yeah, bright green yeah. on these things, which is unusual, very unusual. Yeah, and he says you take this ball from 100 feet and you throw it right at it. And he goes, that's what it looks like. It's just this thing's flying right by. But then so the they things had, would, it would, they would like die out. They would, um, they I, sit. I, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, that's that. I mean, that happens with meteorites. But the thing that was, anyway. So, but La Paz. I mean, I know one of the things. Project Blue Book. The people they decided that it was a natural phenomenon, and they turned it over to, to some sort of research agency in the in the government. The Air Force has an agency for researching um, natural phenomena, aerial phenomena, which I never knew about. And uh, so apparently they had some sort of conference, and La Paz was each point, blah, blah, blah. So then he says, what is La Paz? So I asked La Paz what he thought they were. He weighed the question for a few seconds. Then he said that all he cared to say was that he didn't think that they were a natural phenomena and thought maybe one would hit the earth and the mystery would be solved. He hoped that they were, he hoped that they were a natural phenomena. I thought that was an interesting response. Yeah. Um, I don't want to but be yeah, these, these, yeah, these happened twice. This is a, this, uh, the green fireballs is, is well, they went on fascinating because it was real on. and so many people saw it. They went on exactly. for quite some time. I mean, it wasn't like it was a couple of incidents. I mean, it was like, you know, for they were going on. Month. Yeah. Yeah. Was, um, you know, C-47 Transport saw it. Pioneer Airlines saw it. You know, it's, I mean, this thing, these things were just going on and, it's like, well, what is the, you know, you kind of think, like, what's the purpose? I mean, or is this something that some experiment, not experiment, some something that we're doing? And why can you see the light in the front? That's always a, it looks like a fireball. Yeah. And it's like, what yep. is it? I mean, we don't typically see exhaust plume from the front of anything. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. so. So the green fireballs, I thought that the green fireballs were really an interesting sort of story. And they had, um, you know, Ruppelt met with p people, I guess, at lunch at uh, Los Alamos Laboratory, and he was talking to people there. And um, he said the people that he was talking to said had been doing a lot of serious thinking, and that they had a theory. They thought their theory was that the green fireballs could be some type of unmanned test vehicle that was being projected into our atmosphere from a spaceship hovering yeah. several hundred miles above earth that's a wild yeah, wild two, ass theory 200 dropping down into the atmosphere close enough like two hundred thousand feet and be, just dropping these things off and they're i mean remember we did have star wars and all that i mean that's a whole different thing though but you know yeah. i don't know that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a little bit early I yeah, think that way early. <laughs> Star Wars is 1980s. Well, it, so, it, you know, good. Yeah. Anyway, this chapter sort of wraps up um, Project Sign. Yeah. And he says, a new look UFOs was officially acknowledged. A, a new look in UFOs was officially acknowledged February 11th, 1949. When an order was written to change the name of the over project from Project Sign to Project Grudge. 
good old Project Grudge. Yeah, we don't like Grudge. But that's going to be on the next chapter that we... Yeah, yeah, the Dark Age. Yeah. The Dark Age. So we're going to go Dark ahead and wrap ages. this one up, sir. Yep, yep. Bill, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Pro Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit on Facebook at the Alien Probe Podcast. Website, alienprobe.net, Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod. Find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, as long as you can find it on any uh, podcast platform. Now, catch us on YouTube. Um, thanks for all of you listening to the mysterious uh, Missing Five Solder Children that uh, we re-released on um, YouTube recently, and it had a great response. So thank you very much, all. Thanks, Dr. Bill. We'll catch you next time. All right.